Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the West Texas Pitmasters Barbecue Show on the Barbecue Bandles Radio Network. Hope everybody had a great week. So, uh, I think we got Matt there. Sound like he's uh, wrestling in the background. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm, I'm doing some, uh, I'm doing some cooking over here. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> so, well, hell, I'll start this out a little bit. A few housekeeping issues. I guess this is a. Uh, it kind of blew up on Facebook a little bit ago, so I'll just address it right now. 
So, someone else was told about a cook-off in Lubbock being canceled this coming weekend, this next weekend. That's the Columbus. Uh, I did actually talk to a couple of guys late Saturday night about it, and uh, I think everybody's kind of under the same impression, but apparently it is not canceled. Um, so, um, it's still on. And, uh, you know, there's always got to be a few that run their to run their mouth because they don't know exactly what was going on either. Uh, matter of fact, one of them needs to move on south like he keeps saying he's going to and quit running his mouth up here in our region. So I'll say that right now. I'll just get that taken care of. So if someone wants to relay it, they can. And, uh, you know. Oh, I'm sure people listen, but, Lance. Your your biggest haters <laughs> are your biggest fans. Oh, I know. I know. And so that's why I said it. You know, it was uh, – it was told to a few of us by some local guys from Lubbock. I'm not going to say their name. It don't matter. You know, we didn't have any cell phone service down there, so they didn't think that much about it. Like I said, Manuel and I were talking a little bit, and a guy named Jeff talking about it. For a few minutes, it was about a two-minute conversation, and that was about it. So it really wasn't that big of a deal. I was trying to make a bigger deal about it than it really was. Well, you know, as usual, you know, that's the way it goes. So... Um, you know, but, you know, like I just said a little bit ago, too, there needs to be a better job of promoting these events. Then more people know about them because no one even knows about the cook-offs. I mean, you know, we're scrambling these cook-offs every week now, seems like, to get teams and stuff with them. And uh, it's getting harder and harder. Now to qualify that, so this don't start any more shit, the regional directors cannot promote contests. That was told to us and passed down to us a few years ago that us as regional directors and as head judges were not to be promoting contests because it made them look bad, made it look biased. And I somewhat agree with that. But on the other side of it, too, I mean, it makes it a tough thing. So, you know, right. y'all cooks and stuff are going to have to start stepping up. That's why, you know, like roll calls and stuff like that. Uh, they do help, um, kind of lets people know out there. But you also need to talk to your promoters, too, and get your promoters out there and get them to, to talking about it. Because that's the other part. When no one hears anything about these cook-offs, then little things like this happen. So, you know, there you go. And, uh, you know, you want more cooks, you want more cook-offs, you don't want same deal. You don't want cook-offs on the same weekend because that is a huge topic right now. Everybody's upset about cook-offs doubling up and quadrupling up and stuff in our region. I understand it. We had some Not even just last that year. region. I see the. I've seen the same stuff going on in other regions, Lance. It's not just that region. So. But, you know, so yeah, I guess I guess Chuck's chiming in. So. My wife was informing me. So, but like I said, they don't know. They don't know what the hell was going on. They don't understand, you know. A lot of these guys sit on sit in their armchairs. They don't say anything. And then when something does happen, then, you know, they're the first ones to blame everybody, you know. So instead of looking in the mirror and blaming themselves some, some of the crap that they don't do, don't get out there, don't promote, don't help, don't run these cook-offs. They want to go out there and cook, but don't want to be part of the solution. You know what? I don't care. Does that hurt somebody's feelings? Good enough. Get it. Because I'm tired of it. You know, it gets old. 
So, like I said, if you if you don't want these things to happen and get said and stuff like that, and like I said, it was just one of them deals. It was actually a Lubbock team that said it. Then y'all need to do a better job of getting the information out there to the people. And if you can't do that, then don't write when things like this happen. There you go. That's my two cents on this. So, yeah. Well, I I agree. So, look at there. We're in agreement. Hey, hey, you know, hell, what the hell, you know. So, but like I said, it is not up to the regional directors. It's not up to the. It's not up to the head judges um, because there was a lot. There was a lot of crap about that, and so, you know, it comes down to promoters and cooks. And you know, I can tell you right now, Turkey. Turkey is one of those this week. I mean, uh, when Manuel posted it Monday, he he was just trying to get 15 cooks there. He was worried about having 15 cooks because that cook-off hadn't made for the last several years. So he did a little calling. I did a little calling. We did a little legwork, talked about it a little bit, and lo and behold, we had 26 teams there. No one had to split any teams. None of that crap happened. It was actually 26 teams there. They showed up to cook, and so that's um, awesome. Kind of made the promoter. Yeah, it is. It made the promoter's day. Um, I think that they were pretty happy. They were talking about actually, uh, you know, this being the last year, just because they just hadn't had the the uh, people coming out for it. I will tell you this right now. Regardless whether I want it or not, that place is a pretty cool place to go cook. It's down in a park. It's like it's like Brownfield. There are trees there. Trees, not little trees. Uh, it's huge. They can they can handle a hundred plus teams. Of it. It's on, on grass. It's it's a very nice place. I was really impressed. First time, first time I've ever been down there to it. It's been going on for eight or nine years. Um, I really thought it'd been going on longer than that, to be honest. Um, you know, it was kind of one of them deals. I'd always wanted to cook it, but we've always had other stuff come up or other cook-offs that were going on, and so I just, I never did it, and, you know, I'm kind of wish now that I had been down there, you know, before, so, um, so, yeah, so, it was a good day, and, uh, a lot of good people there, they had, a, they had a great turnout, um, hell, they had a parade and all kinds of stuff going on, so, I mean, it just was, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty fun, so, but, so, there's all of that. That's fun. I always like getting this stuff done right at the first the beginning. Get get everybody's blood pumping, get them all fired up, get them ready. You know. Oh yeah, let's just get it out. Uh, by the way, I got yeah. I, I got say I got a couple of I got a couple of congratulations we need to send out. Uh, okay. Four legs up, one Enid, Oklahoma. Our buddy Kelly Wirtz. Yes, uh, he did. He won in at Oklahoma, and uh, Boomerang won Lulu's up in Colorado. So yes, they did. A couple of our good buddies, and yes. and some guy named Lance Moore won a contest, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, but uh, yeah, just want to con- say congrats to our our cooking buddies over there, and uh, uh, great people, and doing awesome jobs. And man, that that's that's always good to see good people winning. So. No, it is. I mean, you know, that that's the deal. I mean, it is great, and uh, it is good, and it's, you know, it's funny. I mean, you know, you have a good weekend and everything, and then there's a little bit of BS, but, yeah. They, uh, well, also Rick Davis. Rick Davis was reserved uh, behind Kelly up there, Texas Carbecue at Enid. 
I noticed. Yeah, and Rick and, Davis uh, is a member of Texas Barbecue Association uh, on the board. Yes. Uh, more than likely uh, will be the sitting president when all this goes through. I mean, everything. Yep. Uh, it, was, it was a good week yeah. for the for the Texas crew out there, the Texas Barbecue Association. It was. So. It was a great deal. Um, you know, so, yeah, that's always fun. I mean, uh, you know, and then, you know, they had the Smire cook-off in Lubbock. There was a couple guys down there, a guy named Merrick. Um, actually, I don't know either one of the guys that was in reserve. Um, you know, so, um, you know, um, I thought maybe they were new cooks, but someone said that they've been, one of them been cooking for about 30 years, so. Um, I looked at his picture. I didn't. I, yeah. I still didn't recognize him. Uh, <laughs> you know, that don't mean anything. There's a lot. There's a lot of cooks out here. So congratulations to them too. Um, but, yeah, I seen Todd you know. Stewart posted that the the guy that won it actually taught him to cook brisket in the Texas Tech parking lot many many years ago tailgating. So I guess he's been cooking uh, for quite okay. a while. Okay, I do know who this is. Then yes, I do know who that is. I have met him okay. through Todd. I didn't realize that. Okay. Huh. Well, then Todd was like fourth overall, I believe. Um, yep. He's still banging it, it out. Yeah. Yeah. So. Chuck, I think old Chuck Long had a couple first place calls. What do you have? Two. Yep. I think it was ribs and brisket, maybe or something. I don't remember. He had two first place pork. calls. That's always pork. good to see. Yeah. Pork. Oh. So. Yeah. That is good. Mm, you know, so yeah, there were several of them. Uh, you know. I think Tony, Tony got was, a first place chicken. Yeah, and he was sixth or seventh overall. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, you know. Uh, so, yeah, there was, I think they had 33 down there. They had 33 over there. We had 26 over and, and uh, at Bob Will. So, you know, um both contests made, that was good. And uh neither one being the state championship or anything like that, but um actually I'll tell you Turkey Turkey used to be listed as a state championship on the website. And there was a lot of confusion about that and I actually emailed Pam Hess this week from the Jack Daniels to get a clarification on it. Um and she went back to two thousand and twelve and never could find um, any information where they were a state championship, and so that was that. Um, so, you know, people want you know, this kind of goes back to that little part of it, you know, people talking and stuff like that. Well, you know, just like that, sometimes a website is, in, itself is wrong about information. And, you know, so we have to get clarifications. So, you know, it happens, you know. Yep. Um and like I said, I mean, you know, that's the great thing. I mean, um, I was pretty fortunate because I've worked with Pam Hess for several years now on a lot of the Texas State Championships in our area. Um, did a lot of them. And, you know, so it's kind of nice. I can email her. And, I mean, I emailed her uh, Monday night, and by 7 o'clock Tuesday morning, I had an answer. Um, and she confirmed what I thought might be the truth. Because I couldn't find anything else on it, and I never had seen a proclamation on it. Um, so, you know, um, that's another one of them deals. If you don't see it, you know, you don't know, don't ask. There's another deal on this whole subject too coming up, and so this 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 is another big thing that came up this weekend. 
Um, you know, the Ramsack Roundup, uh, Buffalo Springs Lake, the bu- Wild Buffalo Wings took off down there. Um, I'm trying to think. There's a couple other ones. Uh, turkey's falling into this thing. Um, there's another one, too, and I can't think of it just off the top of my head. Anyway, so a lot of these cook-offs, you know, they have these themes. And so, like the rattlesnake roundup, you've always had to cook a snake. A rattlesnake part of it, because that was part of their deal. Uh, Buffalo Springs, at their wings cook-off, you used to have to cook wings for Grand Champion. Same thing with the rattlesnake. Um, so, this came up this weekend. It was, you know, posted on the website as an ancillary. But there was no, really, there was no flyer, but you had to go to their website. And on their website, it stated that you had to cook turkey for the Grand Championship. Well, guys, that stuff had been done away with for several years now. Um, matter of fact, I believe it was even when I was on the board that, that that stuff went away. So I don't know what's going on or where that's happened still, but... Um, I didn't even bring it up this weekend. I didn't even go there. Um, to be honest with you, it was one of those situations where it did not play a part in the Grand Championship, thank God, um, that we didn't get there. But um, people need to know, and that's something else, when you're talking to your promoters and cooks stuff like that, if something like that gets brought up, they're not supposed to be doing that anymore. The only, the only meets that count towards Grand Championships or IBCA recognized meats, which is pork, pork sparrows, half chickens, and brisket. Nothing else. Like I said, it happened this weekend. We had a few guys have to scramble to get a turkey or part of a turkey so they'd have turkey to turn in. Um, so, um, you know, like I said, I mean, it happens, but... Uh, that needs to be done away with um, because, like I said, it was done away with a long time ago. I don't know how it got back or when it got back, but it was uh, it was in the middle of it this year. And uh, so, um, oh, so you guys are in. Yeah, well, it needs to be addressed. I mean, I mean, like I've cooked a rattlesnake roundup before, but uh, you know they they give you a rattlesnake when you get there. So right. if a promoter is going to have a meat that they want you to cook. Uh, that's not one of the mandatory three or four meats. Uh, my 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 thing is they should provide that meat, and but it's still an ancillary at the end of the day. So who cares? It, it, well, and, and, and that's the deal. And, and I mean, and it's, a it's okay to have the IBCA. It's a double blind right. IBCA system. They don't know if you turn the box in or not. Well, and so you, you know, know there's a lot of confusion about did. this because yeah. There was a lot of guys that said that that's what, you know, the promoter said that, well, they're just going to, they're just, you know, you just have to turn it in. It don't count for any points or anything like that. That is true. It did not count for points through IBCA as in IBCA in the point shakes. But it was like I was trying to explain to them when this all happened. They said they're going to have to count points because they're just what you said right there is a per example. They're not going to know who turned one in and turned or not turned it. So the only way, if, if it would have become an issue as a grand champion, they would have been able to have to prove that they had that that turkey box, you know. And like I said, right. it could have well, been a situation. I, I got some, to play turkey. I've I seen another cook off this weekend, Lance. Uh, 
uh, Roddy Trevino put it on down there, and yes. they had two grand champions. So they had your IBCA and overall, grand champion. Well, they just had your IBCA grand champion. Then they had an overall, which took into account right. all of the ancillary as well as the yeah. yeah. You know, there was yeah. there's and, and, that, and beans, that's the way that was, needs to be handled. There was yeah. a bunch of them, but but yeah, they, yeah. So uh, they, yeah, they had two. I mean, the same guy won. Uh, Fred Robles both. won both. So, yes. uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's multiple ways if they want to do that. They can have a yeah. IBCA Grand Champion then an overall if they want to, but that'd be left right. to the promoter. No, yes. Yes. Yeah, and and that's probably what needs to happen on those. And that way, I mean, they're still getting to do what they wanted to do on that end of it, and that ain't no problem. But then it's not screwing the IBCA cooks either. You know. Then, like I said, we got lucky right. this weekend. It didn't come into play. There was a ten point gap in IBCA meets, so. You know that uh, uh, that was good, and then you know one point separated separated us with with Turkey, so we got lucky. You know we didn't have to get into a into a mess. And uh, you know and you know, but yeah, that that's exactly how that needs to be. Um, I think that, that that's a great way of doing it. Is doing it overall, and then a uh, an IBCA champion too, and then that's a win win for everybody. You know, if they don't want to be in the overall part of it, they don't have to cook all the ancillaries. So. But, uh, you know what that sound is? Flats? Did you hear that sound? That sounded like ice. That sounded like ice. So we, we, we have a, a pink drink. A brand new 30 pack of Curry's Light being opened. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that, that's yep, what there's the first is. one. <laughs> no, it's not the first All one. Right, so first one out of that package. Awesome. So, and then about seven forty-five tonight, we're going to have Mr. Mike Trump in uh, with Oak Ridge wait, Barbecue. Wait, wait, hold on, back up, back up. So, I got to ask a question. Uh-oh. Did you drink beer yesterday? Did you drink yesterday? Yes, sir, I did. Okay, so your wife can't. And I did. And and I, I did, I did have the. Huh. Oh well, well. So your wife can't say that uh, I'm the bad example. You only drink when I'm around. <laughs> I just throw I, that uh, out there. I, so well, I, need to text I did Christy have our. I did have our. Uh, uh, oh, so I did have our uh, our chicken when we when I put chicken on. Well, it was probably about five minutes after I got chicken on. I had a beer. Oh, uh, just because that's that's our tradition. We've been doing that for a long time. You know, I don't know if you've seen me post it this week, but it popped up on my Facebook page that you and I have been friends for like five years now. And, oh, uh, really? You know, cool. that goes, yes, sir. It goes all the way back to A. Andrews Cookoff, you know, the Texas shootout now. So I didn't realize yep. you and I had become friends that, that quick after that cookoff, but it was within a few days of it, actually. And uh, so that was kind of cool. It popped up. I posted it the other day. And, uh, um, so yeah, it's been like five years now. So that's been pretty cool. So we've been running together for a long time. So, you know, we have, we have, we have tweaked the chicken, um, beer timing a little bit over the years. It has, it has uh, yeah, different it, intervals. It, it used to be when chicken was turned in. Yes. And, uh. Then it worked its 
way back for some reason till when chicken went on. And, uh, yeah. you know, hell, sometimes it's when chicken goes in the brine, but it always has something to do with chicken. So yeah, sometimes yeah, it's the man. night before yeah. chicken goes in the brine, you know. Yeah, you Chicken's know, in the brine maybe it's because chicken rivals a drink. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, maybe yeah, it's maybe the chicken fault. Maybe now we got it. The chicken is a bad influence in this field. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just got thirty-two thighs thawing out to uh, to get ready for next weekend. So, and then I got to do another sixty-four behind that for the weekend after. So, I'm not looking forward to chicken oh, the next right. couple of weeks. No, sir. I wouldn't be either. I've got 35 of them, I think, sitting in my freezer right now that I'm going to have to saw up and trim up for plain view. Um, uh, did have a discussion with a few cooks uh, this weekend about plain view. I uh, think, uh, you know, there's the same deal. There's been some misinformation going on up there a little bit on some things. And, but we got some of that cleared up also. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes just a little education helps. And so it's all good. Um, I know we got some teams coming up from the Rio Grande Valley, um, you know. Um, so we're going to have a good time with that. We got teams coming from all over, actually. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's it's shaping up. I know that the girls have already come in. Um, someone generally, generally, generously um, donated. I can't say who. Was to remain anonymous, but donated 30 grills for the kids' queue this year, um, which is awesome. And I've heard that they're already here in plain view. And uh, so now we just got to get some uh, go, and uh, we're gonna have these kids set up and ready to go. Uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a pretty cool cookoff. Um, I know Raven Rentiera is working on a lot of the backer guys, and and uh, he's kind of ramrodding that deal because uh, he knows a lot of the guys around here. Um, um, you know, said it's all shaping up, it's all coming together. Um, you know, it's, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, you know, I talked to your dad this morning. I know he's coming up Thursday. Kyle Butler's going to come up Thursday, and so we'll be doing the judging class. Uh, so there'll be four of us um, to work on that stuff, uh, which is pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, and I'll I'll, I'll be up Wednesday night, but we, we got to figure Wednesday out where night. I can park my trailer when Wednesday night. We're going to set up out there Wednesday night. We're going to set up out there Wednesday night. Okay, so. sweet. Sweet, good uh, deal. Yeah, not worried about it. Yeah, we're gonna set up because then Kyle's gonna bring his trailer Thursday, and we'll get him set up. Uh, Manuel is working on. He's having to do one event this, that weekend, but I think we got that worked out. He may go ahead and bring his trailer down early. Um, so you know, and who knows about them boomerang guys and girls. You know, he usually shows up to cook off early. I don't know if he'll show up to this one that early since he's, like, right down the street. But, you know, he might. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've got, we got several coming in. And uh, they're, they're ready to accommodate. And we'll get it fixed up. And uh, we'll get it taken care of. And, uh, you know, so it'll be good. Well, let's, be let's, good. Let's, let's, let's have a little chat before... Mr. Trump gets on about 
Okay. You're cooked this week. We we need we need full recipes and timelines. And uh, well, yeah. We uh, yeah. little chat about your cook and how that went. Well, you know, so it's kind of funny, dude. I mean, I've been on the fence all week about going. Um, you know, I've kind of been on this kick this year that that I I need to cook cook off the count. It's not that I'm being a, an ass about it. But I just have so many of them that we get to do this year. And my big deal is, and I've been telling people this for a while, um, this is my daughter's last year to be able to cook the Royals. We're going regardless of that. Uh, But, you know, it's always nice to have an invitation to go when you go up there. Um, Because you spend a lot of money, a lot of time, stuff like that. So being able to cook two contests is always, you know, kind of a benefit. And so that was my goal um, this year. The deal is I had to have that done before the end of June. I had to have a qualifying contest. Well, not cooking since last September, first part of October, you know, really hadn't cooked that much. So, you know, kind of April, kind of busted it out, um, cooking a few, cooked a little, uh, cooked some KCBS, and then I've cooked, um, I guess this is my third IBCA. Um, and, uh, you know, so I talked to Manuel Friday afternoon. He said, dude, he said, man, he said, we're over 20 right now. He said, it's looking good. And I said, you know, I said, I'm going to come up. I'm going to support regardless. I'm just going to, I've got all my stuff done. I'm just, I'm ready to go cook, so let's just do it. So I showed up about 7 o'clock. I was number 25. I made a 2015, uh, which was great. And then uh, Chain Roads rolled in behind me. And I'll show you the significance about that in a minute. So, oh, uh, you know, didn't really veer off of a a plan too much. Um, I did uh, do one thing outside the box this this weekend, and I'll tell you. And so, oh, here's the other huge part about it. So, last weekend we were in Andrews. Xander got this brisket pot going, and I think we had what seven hundred dollars in that brisket pot. Eight hundred at the end of the day. Eight hundred dollars. Eight eight hundred dollars in a, in a brisket pot with with forty two or forty four cooks. We had eight hundred dollars. Okay, and whoever had the best brisket call in in that group to put in money in it got got the pot. So I come rolling up Friday evening, and of course there was already talk. They were already talking about lynching me, uh, Kyle Butler and, and uh, John Fisher, and them like, you know, if you didn't come, we were coming to get you. And because uh, you're number 25, and about that time, Manuel walked up to me. He said, "He said, are you in the brisket pot?" And I was like, "I don't know that I want to donate again this weekend. I donated last weekend." He said, "Well, you need to understand something." He said, "This brisket pot's up to about nineteen hundred dollars already, guys. We had twenty six wow. cooks, and then there was one more that got into it. So we had two thousand dollars in the jackpot for the brisket. That was more money than the event paid out." Dang. Well, you know, that's pretty cool, you know. Uh, you know, some yeah. people say that no one's chasing points. We're not all that competitive and stuff like that. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Us barbecue guys, we're pretty damn competitive. We like points. We like we like Calcuttas. We like things like that. And that's what's part of the some of our sport, and that's some of the fun that we have. It's a nice little friendly bet, and we have a good time doing it. So we uh, we ponied up to it. So I'm sitting there thinking, man, you know, 
I need me a Matt Alexander brisket this week, and this is what I need. I, I, I need to be able to play ball because, I mean, there's a lot on the line. Well, just so happened, kind of funny deal, I had a prime brisket sitting in my refrigerator in my trailer. It's been sitting there for three weeks because Matt didn't actually get to come up and cook Ronald McDonald with us. He had tire problems. So I had gotten him a brisket, so it's just been sitting in my refrigerator. So I trimmed that bad boy up Thursday night. That's a pretty good looking brisket. It was just a it was just a prime brisket from Simmons. That was a damn so, good looking brisket. Uh, it was a damn good looking brisket. And so I I'm sitting there and and uh, one deal with my pit, my brisket gets a little darker than Matt's. Um and I've always loved the color of Matt's brisket. And so, you know, I'm sitting around, you know, of course, I mean, when I show up at a cook-off at 7 o'clock in the evening, you know, i got way too much time on my hands to be thinking about shit. And I thought, you know what? I hadn't tried this. I want to try it. And so, you know, I, I pulled the old Tuffy Stone stunt. You know, of course, he said that that was like a $20,000 brisket experiment on Pitmasters one time. I had the $2,000 brisket experiment. That's how I call it. And uh, so we got lucky, and uh, I uh, I put it on a barrel. I, I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning, put the barrel, and uh, put put it on at, I think, 6.30 like we normally do. And, uh, man, about, I don't know, about two hours in, I looked at them brisket, and it was like, this thing is dead. And uh, I babied it along there for a little bit. I got it off, and I wrapped that bad boy up, and, uh, man, it, you know, it's kind of like we were in Andrews, Dave. I mean, that damn thing, I get to about 206, it still needed some more. You know, 207, it still needs a little more. Man, it hit 208, and it just kind of fell through that thing, and I was like, well, okay, here we go. So I can wrote it up, and uh, we, uh, I got my turkey entry ready. And turned in turkey, and we uh, we did our chicken. Nice thing about it was lighting the brill at 4 o'clock in the morning. All I did was throw a little bit more charcoal in on it at about 9 o'clock. So I actually had a hot barrel this week. So my chicken debacles from the last couple of weeks actually didn't happen this week. I had a bird that was in the 170s at turning in without, like, rushing. Hey, wait, 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 wait. So, so, so some guy told you. That your barrel needs to be run a little hotter and a little cleaner, and you you might do better with it. <laughs> but it, it, well, I'm just throwing that okay, out there. Okay, so just throwing that out some there. Some part of that is true. I know that part's true, but I will tell you this: you would have been cussing at me about that barrel because I'm gonna tell you what I did do. So when I lit that thing off. I threw a whole stick of hickory that you know comes in our bag. I put that on that on that barrel. <laughs> and you would have been like, That's way too damn much wood, more. But I did. I threw yep. it on there, I was like, I'm gonna roll it. You know, and uh you know, hell it did pretty good. Um, but you know, then 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 when it comes to chicken there was there was really running wood on there. There was a couple I threw a couple little pieces, tiny pieces of, of apple in there. So on the chicken, yeah, chicken didn't have it really didn't have any smoke flavor to it at all, to be honest. But um, you know, the, you know, because because the deal is, I served my chicken total on a green mountain. So the first error they cook on a green mountain. Um, so 
you know, they get a little bit of wood flavoring from there, um, from a pellet grill, and that's about it. But, uh, so we turned in chicken, and, uh, it's kind of funny when we turn in, you have to go across the main highway in Turkey. And so it's kind of like playing Frogger, man. You know, because you got cars coming and they ain't stopping. You know, and so you got a bunch of rednecks drinking beer, barbecuing, and running boxes across a road, a major state highway, um, over to the fire station, which, so it's kind of fun, you know. Um, You know, it's kind of interesting to watch that happen. Um, But no one got ran over, no boxes got lost. Everybody made all 26 turn-ins on every category, which was great. Then we turned in ribs. Uh, ribs were uh, ribs were dead on. Um, I actually had some friends that showed up up there, and I handed a couple out the window. And, and one old boy, he took a bite of it, and the whole damn piece came off the damn rib. And I was like, well, them some bitches are pretty damn tender. <laughs> so, well, that's, that's IBCA perfect. Right that, that's IBCA, yep. I mean, they got a clean bite off the bone. <laughs> it was a whole piece of meat. So I was like, well. That looks pretty good. And, uh, you know, then like I said, I mean, we uh, uh, got to brisket, and uh, I do my normal deal like I do. You know, I made, I have to make au jus. Um, I even put a little bit more au jus in there this week, Alexander. I went another ounce to see if it developed anymore. Well, it still didn't for me. So I'm still in that part. I don't know where all that's going, but it must be going, I guess, going into meat, I guess. I don't know. It's going somewhere. So I make my algae like I've been making here the last, you know, while. And uh, I cut that damn brisket, and I took a bite of it. And, you know, this is a damnedest thing. Some people may believe, may not believe. So I just now sitting here looking at the back of my window with my pickup, and there's a new sticker on the back of my truck. <laughs> I've been vandalized. So you got vandalized. <laughs> That's oh no! Funny. I take that back. It was Shane. It was Shane Rhodes barbecue that got me. Oh, we're gonna have to have a talk. Ah, it's all good. So anyway, so uh, I cut that brisket. I took a bite of it. And Mr. Alexander, I'm gonna tell you something. Now it may not have been quite the same flavor as yours, but the texture was about as close as I've ever gotten to get one of your textures on your briskets with you cooking wagyu. I was absolutely shocked. Matter of fact, I almost got out and danced a jig. David Underwood come up right after I turned it in. He got a piece from uh, Kevin Newton, and he got a piece from me. And He looked at me, and he said, that's a damn good brisket. And I was like, I'll take that from you. <laughs> Hell, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, so, you know, we get to awards, and, uh, you know, we start out in chicken. We get down, you know how it gets, man. You get in the top five, and it's like you just can't wait to get your damn name called. But, you know, you're you're trying to wait out for the end of it, too. So we got a first-place chicken. I mean, a second-place chicken. And uh, Shane Rhodes hit first-place chicken. And uh, we rocked on, got into ribs. I hit first-place in ribs. And uh, then we got into brisket. We're all that, we're talking about all that money. I know. They called David Underwood, they called Manuel, they called Kevin Newton, they called all the, all the big brisket guys. They're usually hitting in that deal. 
radar called all them guys, and everybody's looking at me, staring at me. And I was like, shit. Then I got probably the worst call you can get as far as one of them concerned because I was the first loser. I got second place in brisket. It was great for the IBC part of it, but it really hurt losing at 2000 bucks. And so a guy named Daryl Hansen out of, out of Clovis, he won it. Congratulations to him. I'm sure that that had to have been a damn good brisket because I guarantee you that final table was probably a tough table. There was a lot of good briskets on it. And, uh, you know, but I was sitting there going, damn it, so close. I mean, but I will say this, that that is as close of a uh, – that may be actually the best brisket I've ever actually ever cooked. I'll tell you that right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably step out there and say that. As texture and stuff well, like that, that's just the, yeah, was it as good as our Jack Daniels brisket? Uh, yes, pretty damn good. Because I thought our Jack Daniels brisket was was uh, one of the best I ever cooked. And this, uh, this was compared you, to that brisket that you cooked at the Jack, and also that you cooked at Alpine that year. It had that kind of texture okay. to it, and I was, I, and that's what yeah. I'm saying. It was a prime. I did not, I did not expect to get that texture out of it. And so when I put it in my mouth and it just kind of melted like that, I went, "Well, huh? I'll be down." Uh, the other crazy deal about that brisket was, like I said, it's been in my refrigerator for three weeks, um, in my trailer refrigerator. So you know, I, I guess I'm plugged and go here, goes there, you know, blah 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 blah. Um, that thing when I opened it up, it didn't have any smell to it at all. You know, I was waiting for it to be a little right. You know, I was I was hoping for it to be a little right, but you never even known it had been sitting there for that long. Didn't have any purge built up in it or anything. Um, so hmm. no, I don't. Uh, it was a it was something new for me because I I've never had a brisket that had that texture like. Those two briskets we've been talking about. Either. I have never had a brisket with that kind of texture. And I will tell you this: my brisket, it was uh, as middle of the road as probably I've ever had one. And it may be because the texture was right in it. I don't know, because uh, I didn't change anything else about what I did. I mean, I ran my same recipe that I've been running, same seasoning and stuff like that. Um, I did re-season it a little bit out there on the barrel. I will tell you that. Um, I kind of like that idea. Um, had a little success with that, I think. But like I said, I didn't change, you know what I'm saying? I didn't change any rubs. I didn't change my injection. I didn't change any of that other stuff. Um, really didn't change my timeline. Timeline was still pretty much the same. Um, I was just looking for a little bit more of that, that barrel flavor, I guess that we're calling it nowadays, that grilled flavor. And it, yep. it had a little bit of that. And, uh, you know, so, um, you know, that's kind of cool, you know. Yeah, so that, no, at the that's, end of the day, awesome. I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm telling anybody that's listening, if 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 they're wanting to get into comp cooking, they can go buy them a couple of three drums. They don't have to be fancy drums. Yes. They can be what I mean. You can go buy you three drums and roll out there and compete day in and day out. You, you don't have to have a $10,000 Jambo like I cook on or $10,000 nope. Frank Cox pit like Lance cooks on or 
whatever. You could roll out there with three drums and compete all day. Yes. And yes. not worry about it. And I'll tell you, I mean, a drum is a great addition regardless. Even if you do have the big old jambo and all that other stuff, a barrel is a is a great is a great um there's there's a lot of cool things you do with it. I do a lot of I've been doing all my finishing cooking pretty much on the barrels. Uh, you know, so well, I use my green I do, mountain. I do um, as well. You, you know that. that. I I finish everything yeah. on the barrel. But I will tell you this, my brisket game, it may start out on the barrel, then then like I said, I put it over here on the pit when I got it where I wanted it, I put it back on my pit, let it run. Um, but you know, I sent you a picture that this morning. I hadn't posted it out there yet, but that just uh guys, I mean the that brisket was beautiful when I got ready to wrap it. I mean that was one of the most sexiest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And uh you know, so uh, it was it was a good day. We ended up grand champion. We had twenty six teams, got my invite to the Royal, uh got that off my chest. Um and that's a great thing. Um then, you know, been uh, trying to get that done here for the last month, and uh, you know, so I got that behind me now. Um, so, but you know, we we started out kind of with a bang. I mean, we've we've been in a reserve. We've had a grand now, and all in one month, and you know, um, it's all it's all kind of there. So maybe we can keep it together and keep it going. Well, I'm glad I'm you're there because hill. I'm not there. Well, you'll be next. Yeah. I, I can't win a cook-off to save my life this year. we got four mm-hmm. reserves. Can't win one to save my life, but shit happens. It does. I've been there. I had, I had one of those years, a few years back. I think I had three, three reserves and like three or four thirds and just could not, could not pull a grand off. Actually went for about a year and a half that way. And then I kind of broke the curse last year. I, I got two grands last year. And uh, so things are kind of back. Um, you know, and like I said, then, you know, we had a we had five, six months off not cooking. And I come back and, you know, kind of rolled into it. And, and uh, you know, that's been great. It's been great. Oh, yeah, Dale, I got us a nice big old fire pit now. So that was another part of the Green Champion is had a, a custom – handmade uh fire pit um says uh, bob wills days on it april 27th 2019 got fiddles on it it's uh pretty cool we burned it over at manuals last night for a little bit you know but, uh, but we'll have us a little fireplace now so well hell yeah that that's cool and uh it is cool well just just to let everybody know so if y'all hear background noise I got a almost seven pound Snake River Farms tri tip on the Weber <laughs> right now. We're doing a a reverse sear. I got it set up as a two zone grilling, a reverse sear, and uh, this is my first time cooking. I've cooked several Midland meat tri tips. First time cooking a Snake River, but uh. 
we're going to see. She, I just thermopinned her. She's sitting about 90 degrees. Let her come up a little more, and we're going to see how it mm. rolls out. But man. There you go. All right. Well, cool deal. And I, well, I, and I got, we got Mr. Ten, Trump, too. Ten more of these for our tournament, Lance. Okay. So, cool deal. Yeah. Well, awesome. That'll be great for the golf tournament. Yeah. Well, let's I'll talk a little Oak Ridge. Well, let's do that. Let me get let me get the mastermind in the house. It's always a good time with Trump. Hey, Mike, you there? Yes, sir. How are you, gentlemen? I'm good. So you got oh, man, a Alexander great drinking beer, cooking. <laughs> so we got Matt Alexander in, um, me and uh, Mike Trump, the uh, owner, CEO, mastermind, mad scientist of Oak Ridge Barbecue, in with us tonight. Um, great guy. We've uh, Mike. I guess we've uh, we've kind of had a, a a friendship sponsorship thing going since about 2013, if I remember correctly. I think and, that's uh, right. I actually was trying to go back and look to see how long you've been on the team, and it went back long enough I didn't have records. <laughs> you've just kind of always been there. Yes, sir. Um, and, I mean, you've been uh, you've been a big part of uh, West Texas Pitmasters uh, barbecue success. I mean, um, you know, uh, you, uh, you know, we had you on, I don't know, it's probably been a couple years, maybe three years ago or so. And, uh, you know, just, just talking to you, and, and that's kind of what I want to go into a little bit, because there's a lot of newer cooks and stuff out here, but they don't realize um, a lot of the science and and things that you put into what you do and um, your selection of ingredients and stuff like that. Um, you're very, um, uh, I guess for lack of proper word, you're pretty anal about what you put in there. And uh, yes, sir. It, 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 it proves, I mean, it's a... Uh, you know, it's it's a top quality product. Um, like I said, we've had a lot of success with it over the years, and uh, you know, we're still having success. I mean, uh, month of April, I've already rolled out one reserve and a grand yesterday. So, you know, it's uh, it's still working over here for me. And uh, you know, we're Texas boys. I noticed that we've got a few more Texas guys in um, the the program this year and in the family, and yeah, and that's great because. We just hadn't had a lot of Texas guys in here, and uh, you know, so so it is. It's good. So I guess uh, let's uh, start with a little bit of a background and stuff like that. How you kind of got into all of this and how this all kind of come about? Because like I said, we got a lot of newer listeners that um, have never heard the uh, the Mike Trump story and and uh, kind of how <laughs> this went, and and then we'll just go into you know how you how you go about doing this stuff. Sure, sure. Well, it started back in February 2010. Um, actually, it started a little bit before that, a couple of years, uh, 10 years before that, as uh, when I first started doing competition barbecue, um, right around the first of 2000. And, uh, you know, we did a couple contests a year, and we always did real well in one category. We'd do middle of the pack in one or two categories. And then we'd always end up near dead ass last in, in the fourth category. Just never could really kind of pull it together. My, you know, my hat is off uh, as far as it can go to you guys that beat the contest trail like you do uh, 
25, 30, 35 contests a year, uh, uh, just week in, week out, sometimes to a weekend. Um, I mean, that's a whole other level. I mean, anybody new starting out, you don't, you don't have to go to that level, but it is a, it is an addiction and you may get there. (laughs) Um, but so we started out slow and small. I mean, I don't ever want to brag about, you know, I, I, I don't have the pedigree myself in competition barbecue. I'll never say that I did. Um, you know, like we would win in a few awards here and there. We always won. We were always top 10 in something. Um, but like I said, middle of the pack and something else and dead ass last and something else. So, and we weren't a prolific cook team, just the average, average guys got together on the weekend and, and did a couple barbecue contests. Um, but I did make my own rub. Always have. The original rub was the same rub we have today, which is a competition beef and pork rub, and that was the only rub we had when we first started competing. That rub did win me a first place, a perfect 180 score in pork ribs at a, a state qualifier contest here locally, KCBS contest. And that was against, um, I think Johnny Trigg was there, the smoking, um, let's see, smoking Elvises, who else was there? Um, smoking 101 at the time that year he ended up taking state and also was like leader in points and KCBS um, smoking guns was there uh, it was not a light contest by any stretch and so that's kind of what set the hook on us was that first place perfect score and spare ribs and those were dry ribs they weren't sauced it was just comp beef and pork rub uh, hickory smoke and uh, we did we did uh, douse it with a little bit of apple juice to kind of give it a sort of a candy coating but certainly wasn't the you know three two one ribs that are popular today uh that type of stuff i mean it was a whole different ball game back then totally uh different than today a lot less money a lot more fun i think i think to some degree i'm a little bit disappointed in where contest barbecue has gone but then again it's sort of the natural evolution of things and um it is what it is so so that's where we got our start. We, we, like I said, only did a few contests a year, um, but knew we had a good product, knew we had a good, um, could put out good, good barbecue. So uh, I started doing some, some personal catering on the side, just sort of a, as a, as a side hustle, if you will, for a couple of years. And, and that actually became really popular in local community and people were requesting me for weddings and we catered a, a professional dra- NHRA drag car driver uh in in the pits and topeka for a whole weekend that was really fun um and but it got to the point where i either really was going to have to go big or go home with catering you know and then you guys know this you've got cook trailers and stuff i've seen your trailer lance it's really nice and they don't come cheap um and at that time we were just kind of starting our family i was working on four kids and still had a career in the in the corporate world and, and i just couldn't pull together the the extra cash to uh, really kind of make the catering thing go, you know, full, full, uh, full go. And, and uh, so I laid it down for a couple of years, didn't really do much with it. And, you know, I, I'm not a, I don't, I am a, I, I am, I am a Christ follower and I don't push out on people and I, I don't, um, I don't try to get in people's face about it at all, but this part of my story, I, I felt God really pushing me to, uh, uh, step out and do something that I didn't really have the guts to do. Um, I sort of ignored him and ignored him for a couple of years. 
and he kept just screaming in my ear about it. So I finally said, okay, I'll do it. And that was to start selling barbecue rub. Um, I was originally going to call it Holy Smoke Barbecue. I found out that a lot of places and a lot of teams already called Holy Smoke Barbecue. So I went back to my team name, which was Oak Ridge Barbecue. That's what we competed under. And that stuck. Uh, I sat down one evening on a laptop in the living room and built our website. Um, we had two rubs at the time. It was our uh, competition beef and pork and a, and a chicken rub that I had been developing that actually started getting us calls and chicken after never getting calls and chicken. Um, but I didn't really realize it was a chicken rub. I, I wanted to kind of work the wild game angle because I, I have, I was at the time and always have been a really serious deer hunter. I'm a bow hunter and I also do gun hunt, but mostly bow hunting is my passion. So I, I knew there was a market out there for wild game rubs. Um, and I wanted to, you know, wanted to get in on this, selling barbecue rub thing and i thought that was a good way to market our products to the to the hunting crowd so i came up with uh, a third rub which is our game bird and chicken rub so we had two wild game rubs and our competition beef and pork rub and we basically set a shingle out there on the internet and uh said okay here's the rub start start trying them <laughs> and we gave a lot of rub away for free um just so people would try it um on around the latter part of 2010, you know, uh, I knew that I needed some way to market our products um, because I'm a skeptical consumer. I, I don't want to buy anything that, that's, especially if it's expensive or, or uh, you know, perceived to be expensive just because it's, you know, five five dollars $7 for a package of rub. You know, you can find it a lot cheaper, that's for sure. So, um uh, and, and I didn't have the street credit that a lot of guys have developed being on pitmasters or having the type of pedigree that, you know, that you guys have working the contest contest trail, you know, weekend in weekend out. So I did the next best thing. And I, I developed a, a, a factory team type uh, sponsorship program that I believe was the first in the industry um, structure the way it is. Um, so I think we're a pioneer there. And, and I, if I'm wrong, somebody can certainly show me. I don't mind being told I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure we were Oak Ridge Barbecue was the was the first factory sponsor uh, professional barbecue teams out there. And we started with a few teams. Uh, and then every year the team grew, roster grew. Over the years now, we've sponsored. I just looked. We've sponsored. Over 187 professional barbecue teams all over the world, not just in the States. Um, and to date, we have amassed over 7,000 top 10 awards in professional barbecue contests all around the world. Um, so much so that there is not another company in the history of competition barbecue that has more documented awards than Oak Ridge Barbecue does. And that's all coming from an idea, a leading, a prompting, and just sitting down on a laptop and starting a free website, throwing a shingle out there on the Internet, and starting to sell barbecue rub. So um, it's been a crazy ride. I never imagined we'd be looking for commercial, bigger commercial space. Uh, we've always made our own barbecue <laughs> rubs. Um, we've never had it co-packed. Um, 
and uh, it's been a labor of love, and it's a lot of work trying to keep up with suppliers and always increasing your quality while keeping your pricing similar or same as you can. Um, and um, not one to ever equivocate on ingredients. Um, there are things I will not do. There are things I will not use. I have strong opinions about certain ingredients that people put in barbecue rubs. Um, they're opinions, so, you know, you know what they say about opinions, but I'm okay with that. Um, I, I think some <laughs> of the ingredients people, people put in, yeah, and I think some of the ingredients people put in barbecue rubs are, uh, uh, I almost want to call it cheating. I mean, that's really a strong word, and it's not really what it means, but it's, it's taking a shortcut. Let me put it that way. That's probably a better way to phrase it. Um, and I also think there are industrial ingredients in barbecue rubs that just don't need to be there. Um, and they're there because they're, the people are having their product made at large institutional co-packers, and that's their business model. That's how they do it because that's just how they do it. So you end up with TSP. You end up with anti-caking agents. You end up with, oh, all sorts of other ingredients that are synthesized or manufactured industrially that just don't need to be there. Um, and we've never used them. We'll never use them. And we've proven that you can win every weekend anywhere in the world with high-quality ingredients, period, in the story. So, I agree. That's our story. <laughs> and I will say this: well, I mean, uh, I've been running your product for a long time, and they do not cake. Yeah, and then well, funny, let, we let don't let use any uh, caking agents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let, let, let me be the first to say, I, I've never, I've never, I wasn't introduced to Oak Ridge until. Me and Lance got to be really good friends, and uh, if if I come out with some rubs or Lance does, or if I have some new stuff in my trailer, we try everything. We critique it. Uh, some of us go as far as taking down notes as to what we think the flavor profile would be before it's cooked, after it's cooked. Uh, it, it gets pretty in depth, and uh, mm-hmm. this year, this year especially. Uh, we, we we got up into Rio Dosa, New Mexico, and I guess Lance had just got a care package from you, and uh, we were going through your rubs, and I, I'm I'm taking notes and thinking about what 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 I think about stuff, and uh, you you have a is that a Dominator rub, Lance? The one I really like. Yes, the one with the cinnamon okay. in it. It's got a. Yeah, yeah, it's got some cinnamon in it. It's got some back heat. And, uh, man, I I don't know what you did with that rub, Mike, but uh, you you made a fan out of me when I've never been a fan before. That rub right there that's, has got something special to it. So, well, thank I'll, you. I'll and that, that that's out. one of the most – That's well, I appreciate it. I really do. I always love to hear it. And I, I certainly love to even hear the – you know, the people that, that haven't fallen in love with the, the few, the handful, that haven't fallen in love with their product. <laughs> um, but that, that it's funny you mentioned Dominator. I mean, of all of our rubs, that's probably the one that's the most polarizing. There are some people that just can't get over the cinnamon. And I'm cool with that. I mean, I'm not out to please everybody. Um, 
if I was going to do that, I'd, I'd make some grocery store quality stuff and then it'd be real bland and wouldn't, wouldn't offend anybody. Um, so, you know, that's, that's okay. But yes, Dominator was one of the ones that I spent quite a bit of time in development on. Um, and Lance, if you want, I mean, I could kind of talk a little bit about how we, how we do sure. things. And um, Absolutely. since we manufacture all of our own products in our own facility, I, I control everything. I control what spices we use, what spices we don't use. Um, and I'll say this, um, the, the, you know, the average person doesn't give a rip about spices because they're just spices. And I get that. Um, I didn't either until I got into this business. And now I've been doing it for 10 years. I've been in this industry 10 years. And I've learned a lot. And it, it actually makes sense. I mean, you guys in the contest world, you, you, there are, you know, you recognize that there are, like, there are grades of meat. And you wouldn't take a select grade brisket into a contest. Uh, you know, then you also recognize that the, as you move up the grades, there is an increase in quality, but there's also an increase in price. And for the most part, nowadays, anyway, to stay competitive, most guys are opting for the higher quality because uh, it gets them better results. Um, that's no different in spices. It's, it's really very similar. Um, there are, I mean, spices in some cases are a commodity. You know, they're traded in large volumes uh, on the commodities market. And, um, and they're, they're very generic. They're, they're not really potent. They're, they fit the, the overall general uh, qualifications of, let's say, garlic. You know, it, you, you, can, you can pick up a, a bottle of, of uh, dehydrated granulated garlic on a store shelf in a grocery store, and you're going to get dehydrated granulated garlic. Well, what people don't realize is that that's, that's like buying either select grade or canning grade, if you want to put it in beef terms, um, a, a, on the grade level. And there are on every spice there there are there are grades and there are there is a there is a um, it's called ASTA and it's it's a governing body that governs the uh, spice industry and not really governs it but it helps standardize things um, and so they have standardized testing that they do on spices and it tests the volatile oil contents of spices and whenever brokers sell spices on the open market to primary source suppliers and things like that, they grade spices and people will pay more for the higher grades because they have more volatile oils, just like a prime grade brisket has more fat and more marbling and better flavor than a select grade brisket. Just like a Wagyu brisket is better than a prime grade. People are willing to pay more for the higher grade. Well, if you want to put it in those terms, I buy Wagyu grade spices, if you want to put it like that. So I'm buying at the at the peak of, of quality in any particular ingredient. Um, and, and I do that and I test it and I make sure that my suppliers actually are supplying me what they're telling me. Um, they have to be fully accredited suppliers and they're also what they call primary source suppliers. So we've grown enough that I don't buy from, from secondary market suppliers. Uh, which means that I'm a lot of, maybe that's inside baseball, a little bit too much inside baseball, but, what it means is that I'm not buying from the Pinsies or the, the Spice Houses or other places that you guys might see or even get some raw spices from. I'm buying from the companies that actually supply the companies that supply those companies, if you follow me. Primary source. So these companies actually are the ones that import the whole spices. 
they treat them in their own facility, they grind them in their own facility, and I pick them up from there, and I, and I bring them into our facility. Um, so they're as fresh as you can possibly get. They haven't gone down the distribution chain any further than they just got ground the day before. Even like our coffee. Sometimes when I go pick up our coffee that we use in Black Ops and we use the same coffee that we, we use in the Carne Crosta, sometimes those, that coffee's still warm uh, from, the, from the actual manufacturer in downtown Kansas City where we get it from. So, I mean, that's the level of freshness and potency and, and vitality that our spices have. Uh, it, it's the, it is the pinnacle of that. And it's, I will tell you, it is, it is a hard, hard job to keep up on that because it, it, they are commodities. They are, uh, they're, they're crops, for lack of a better term. And so there's bad crop years. Um, there's, there's also places in the, in the world that grow better garlic than other places or better allspice or uh, better cumin. Uh, things like that. Um, so you have to seek those. I have to make sure your suppliers are, are sourcing from those countries and that you're bringing it in. And because we are a small shop, I mean, we're under 3,000 square feet total for the entire production facility. We don't have a lot of room to store a whole bunch of spices. So we, we operate in what they call a, a just-in-time operating model. So that means that we, we bring in spices just in time, so we don't have any room really to, to warehouse months or even a year's worth or six months worth of a spice. We bring in what we can use in about a month. And then we order well, again frequently every month. So everything is I always fresh. I got a question fresh. for you, Mike. Yeah. I, I got a question, Mike. So, well, I got two questions. You, you brought up allspice. Lance and I have had this conversation about a, a couple of the ingredients i use and i'm a firm believer in allspice so i like that and then i got a listener question from a buddy of mine said ask mike about the mushrooms he puts yeah he said i think it's the carne crosta my personal favorite so i'm asking a question (laughs) yeah we do use some dried mushrooms in a few of our recipes uh, predominantly either shiitake or porcini mushrooms. Um, and that's done for a couple reasons. I mean, I, I recognize the utility of having MSG in a spice product. I just don't like using laboratory-manufactured high-potency MSG. That's not what I do. I'm, I'm, I am sensitive to that type of MSG gives me headaches, gives my wife headaches, uh, makes my ankles swell up. I mean, it does all, gives me, I mean, it's just, it's not fun. Uh, And some, some people, a lot of people aren't sensitive. Um, A lot of people think it's great and that's fine. I I mean, I just don't, I just don't care for to use it. Um, it, It's sort of like, and this is like a really gross analogy. It's really like a broad brush, but it kind of helps paint the picture. It's sort of like how poppy seeds and cocaine, you know, I mean, poppy seeds contain a little bit of cocaine, but it's okay if you eat poppy seeds. I don't do a whole lot of cocaine. (laughs) Okay, none. Um, But cocaine is a synthesized sort of like derivative of that that is highly concentrated and industrialized, if you will. Um, So they're related. But one's natural, one's naturally occurring. 
and the other is what happens if you synthesize that and you concentrate it and, and you basically manufacture it down. And MSG is the same in, in a similar type of way than what is naturally occurring in mushrooms, let's say. Nat mushrooms are naturally high in, in, in monosodium glutamate, um, but that's not all that they bring to the table. They bring in a lot of savoriness, a lot of flavor, a beefiness that you just can't get, the umami that you can't get with just putting MSG in something. But the problem is, is that the, the co-packers that make 75 to 85% of all the other rubs that are out there on the market, well, I mean, they could put mushrooms in their customers' rubs, but mushrooms are expensive. And the co-packer has to make a margin in order to stay in business. So if they put something that's already inherently expensive, even at its cheapest form in wholesale bulk institutional sizes, and they put that in a, in a rub, then they have to make their margin on that already inflated price. That super inflates the price of that co-packed rub to the guy that's trying to sell it downstream to his dealers and his customers. And that raises the price exponentially downstream. So co-packers will choose to use these derivative products that are not, I don't know, they're, they're chemically synthesized in a laboratory in place of these naturally occurring ingredients so they can get a similar effect at a much, much, much cheaper cost. The same thing with so, oleo resin of paprika. So, go ahead. So, have you ever played with uh, uh, any type of truffles as well as mushrooms? No, I mean, uh, they they're pretty they're even for me pretty cost prohibitive um, because I they're they're in a realm that would probably if I were to use them in any quantity that you'd actually be able to detect them in the recipe. Uh, they would probably raise the price of, of that particular rub to a point where most people would say, God damn, that's way too expensive. Um, so I don't. Um, and, and so I, I do keep that in mind. I mean, it, there, there are certain ingredients that are sort of, I wouldn't say off limits, but I mean, for lack of, of anything other than better judgment, I just choose not to use them. I mean, we, we did have a scorpion chili rub that I actually imported scorpion chilies in from Trinidad and Tobago that were the most fantastic flavored scorpion chilies or really chili I've ever tasted in my entire life. They tasted like dried plums and apricots together. It was the strangest, most, but then they wow. burn your face off. Um, but, and I, I made a, a, a experimental edition uh, scorpion chili rub. I was only, only able to purchase and, and import in, enough scorpion chili to make about 200 units of that scorpion chili rub and it sold for $25 a six ounce bag and there are people that really bitched about how much it cost and but it sold I mean it sold like we were sold out in a month what? um so there's probably a market out there for something like a truffle rub and I'm not opposed to doing it but it does get into the realm of you know that's really expensive <laughs> Well, on the other side of that, you know, I brought up allspice, and Lance has been one to point out that the uh, the rubs I use are kind of allspice heavy, and I, and I think that's almost a 
forgotten flavor nowadays. You don't see it in a lot uh-huh. of barbecue rubs. Uh-huh. And uh, yep, I was just really happy for you to bring up the allspice bill because. Well, that's a Kansas City I, thing. I a lot of people don't realize that. Um, there's rubs, or not not necessarily just rubs, but like you know, a lot of people identify Kansas City with sauce. So let's talk about that for a second. I mean, there's several Kansas City barbecue sauces that are iconic that contain allspice that you'd never know it, but that's what sort of makes the signature flavor. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, un, uh, to outsiders, most people think Kansas City barbecue sauce all tastes like that Casey Masterpiece crap. Um, but thank God it doesn't, you know, that's very dynamic and very unique. And, and there's, there's all sorts of different flavors, uh, in, in the different uh, restaurants of, of Kansas city, uh, barbecue restaurants in Kansas city and allspice and celery are two of the uh, flavors that do crop up, um, celery more so than allspice, but allspice is always used as a background flavor. Um, but, you know, I mean, I don't know how it got there. I don't know if Doug Wargo would have any say about that, but I almost wonder if it isn't because some of Kansas City's barbecue or a lot of Kansas City's barbecue came from um, the uh, the ethnic groups that might have had allspice in their other seasonings, like jerk seasoning or otherwise, and some of the Caribbean flavors and whatnot, uh, African flavors um, that, are, that are predominant. I mean, that's where the, the allspice really is used is in some of those, in the, some of those cultures, uh, food. So, um, it wouldn't, would not, uh, surprise me at all to see if that's where that kind of came in, in the barbecue. Um, but it, oh, used, used too heavily, it could really be cloying and like overly done, but used sparingly in just the right amount. Uh, it's that, it's that, wow, what is that type of, uh, uh, savoriness and, a really unique flavor that it will it will give a, a barbecue, especially in, if you if you cook it with some smoke or some char to give it that extra layer, that extra dynamic layer of flavor from that. So it's one of my favorite ingredients. Well, and, Jerk seasoning is one of my favorites, and it's heavy in allspice. So yeah, yeah, it, it's heavy. In all, and then you brought up celery, and uh, to me, one of the all-time most selling seasonings out there has got to be Lowry's. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Lowry's has got a celery kick to it. Uh, yep, you know, Lowry's season salt. salt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's got a celery kick to it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't like that celery flavor by itself. But I think when it's cooked in, like you're talking about with the allspice, I think that celery really adds a another layer to what you do. Uh, it does. But that, yep, that's it certainly does. just my personal opinion. No, I don't think you can create a, a, a – I, I would go so far as to say, at least for Kansas City, you can't create an authentic Kansas City barbecue, either sauce or rub, without it having some, having some celery in it. You just can't. Um, it's that important. So uh, I totally agree. Well, I'll, so, I'll lay so off you so for that's, a few minutes and let, let oh, that's all right. some questions. But. Oh, you're fine. Well, I mean, let me – let me. Uh, so, the, so that's sort of like how we – we source our spices. Um, I, I did early on, early, early on, I did entertain the idea of using a co-packer. And, and so I do have some experience with that because uh, I didn't know uh, how much it was going to cost to make our rubs. And whenever I got the bill back from the, the first test batch that we were going to do, I'm like, well, there's no way I could ever make any profit. I'd either have to trim down our recipes, you know, like, uh, neuter them almost or or, or uh, 
we'd have to just strip ingredients all together. We'd have to really load it full of salt uh, in order for me to even afford it because the, their prices were coming in at what I needed to, to wholesale a pound of rub for. Um, and so, they, I mean, it would have just totally blown it, blown me out of the water. So that's, that's the unfortunate process that happens with um, a lot of these of my competitors whenever they they sell uh rubs that are made at um co-packers they at some point they've probably all had to make hard decisions on the ingredients because co-packers aren't uh typically very flexible with bringing in exotic ingredients uh with bringing in anything different than what they stock in-house every day period so you bring your recipe to them you will use their garlic you will use their onion. You will use their sugar. You will use their salt. Uh, you will use all of their ingredients. And if you want to use any of your own specialty sourced ingredients, if they'll even let you, it's going to come at a premium. And so there's hard decisions that companies have to make in order to make profit because that's what we're all here for. We're not here to just give stuff away. We're here to make money. So they have to make concessions on the ingredient lists and and that is that is honestly one of the primary reasons why Oak Ridge Barbecue, and there's a there's a couple other brands out there that are manufactured in a similar way in their own production facilities by owners who really really truly care about the level of quality of their ingredients, and and you can tell it in their in their rubs because when you pour them out in, in your hand, it's not just all salt or it's not just all salt and sugar. Uh, there's a high quantity of spices in the mix. Um, I'd go so far as saying uh, Oak Ridge Barbecue is probably the highest, if not up there in the top two of spice densities in all of the rubs that are out there. We just have a lot more spices in our rubs than other filler ingredients, period. Um, and, and you can't make a rub without salt. I, I've had people ask me, well, I'm on a, you know, I'm high blood pressure too. I take uh, a, a high blood pressure medicine every damn day and I still don't worry too much about how much salt is in our rub number one because we don't put a whole lot in it anyway we just keep it balanced but number two by the time you cook it most of the salt cooks off it's, it's going to sweat off on the meat as the meat cooks um, it, it doesn't all stay there it's different than just taking a tablespoon of rub and just chunking it right in your mouth uh, you're only going to get a smaller percentage of the overall sodium or for the people that are doing keto diets or whatever of the overall sugar carbohydrates that are in a rub whenever you cook with it. So, um, so we keep our, we keep our ingredients. Uh, we, we source the very best, uh, very particular. I've been told by a number of my suppliers, cause I catch problems all the time. Um, they will <laughs> almost complain. Why are you complaining so much? You know, why are you sending back so much? Because I do. I will receive a we'll receive a pallet full of stuff, and I have been known to reject damn near the whole pallet because either they they didn't send me the the grade I required, or the grade that they sent me, which it was supposed to be, doesn't meet my quality uh, requirements. And and I make it make them make it right, and. We do that to the, our own detriment sometimes because there's been times in the heat of the summer whenever we're in the in our highest production volumes, we end up being shut down for a week because I had to turn back an entire shipment of 140 
to 160 Asta Paprika that we purchased because it wasn't 140 or 160 Asta. It was something much cheaper that they tried to send me. Um, and when you're dealing with a co-packer who has hundreds of employees uh, that just take a box called Paprika and dump it in a big mixer and go on and don't ever even question whether or not it was the right quality in the first place, that's why our stuff is always comes out better because we have that level of detail right. and that level of, of uh, attention I, to detail. I got another listener question here. Uh, I don't know if you want to get into politics or not. If you don't, you can bow out. But it's a sincere uh, – Michael Trump and, you know, Donald Trump has making America great again. Are you uh, making barbecue great again? Is that going to be your new slogan? You're going to have an NBA well, I mean, logo. Right. Well, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to get tackled in some dairy queen or something because I've got an MGA whatever hat on. Um, <laughs> no, you know, uh, politics funny. aside. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose that, that I, I already missed the boat on that. Cause we've been making, we've been making uh barbecue great again for uh, almost 10 years. So uh, I suppose I probably should have done that uh, a little while ago, but I think our, uh, this is serious barbecue, uh, kind of tells the right story. So that is, well, that is a correct slogan because I have could... t-shirts that say that. Yeah, you, you could have a, you could, with an election coming up, you could have an increase in sales of, uh, Making barbecue great again. Ah, you know. Ah. Yeah, yeah. List, listener questions. I didn't put it out there. Just to throw I'll, that out. Well, there. I'll probably pass. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably pass on that. I mean, I, I don't. Okay. I, I don't. Uh, I do it. I'm a conservative Republican uh, and a Christian. And uh, Donald Trump does embarrass me from time to time, but uh, there, he's also impressed the hell out of me uh, more times than not. So we'll just leave it at that. How about that? Huh? Well, hey, I, I agree with you. If, if he'd learned to shut his mouth, I'd love him. But he don't want yep. to shut his mouth, so I'll, uh, I'll leave it there. Well, so so you were talking about a little bit earlier. So you know we were talking about documented uh, uh, contest results and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so to to give people a little bit of information on that end of it and how this all kind of rolls. Um, because we do this every year, and, uh, you know, you send out a spreadsheet every year for all those cooks, and uh, we uh, we actually fill in the blanks, and, uh, you know, where we where we used your product, you know, where we competed, how we placed, uh, and all of that. Um, we've been doing that for several right. years now, I guess. Yeah, um, it has to be man. top 10 or greater, uh, and and it has to be a, a category that you use one of our products on, and you have to be a sponsored team. So we're not counting anything top 11 or down, and we're not counting anything no. from any any private teams that would also have used our product and and um, won with it. So at, at seven over 7,000 awards with just 186 sponsored teams over the last 10 years, I think that's pretty damn impressive. Um, and that's uh, my oh, hats off to, to you, Lance and and all the other cook teams who just pound, you know, just pound it out there every weekend. Um, and the awards that have all, they always humble me. Uh, it's just amazing. It's one thing to go out and cook with your products that you make, uh, that you design. And, and yeah, everybody expects someone in that, in that area to do well with their own stuff. But whenever you hand it off to 
basically strangers and say, here you go, go cook with it, do your best. And then you come back 10 years later with over 7,000 top 10 awards uh, from other people using your stuff, uh, however they want to, with very little instructions. Uh, that's fantastic. My hat's off. So. No, and that, and that right there is correct, you know. And as for me, you know, when, we, when you and I started this barbecue journey, uh, you know, I've had my own line of rubs uh, for a very long time also, I guess going all the way back to the end too. And, you know, and that's been a deal. I mean, your rubs have always worked very well with my rubs. And so it's just been, it's been a, it's been a harmony in that part of it. And, you know, people ask, you know, well, do you, you know, do you use it? Stuff? Well, yeah, I do use it. Uh, it's all over. Um, and I mean, sometimes I may use it in some unconventional ways that maybe some people don't think about. I ran your um, Jamaican jerk rub yesterday on turkey in a very conservative West Texas town with a bunch of old people judging. And uh, mm-hmm. I really didn't quite think that one all the way through at first. And, uh, you know, it kind of clicked Saturday morning after I had done the deed. You know, everybody said, oh, man, they're all a bunch of blue hairs and they're judging. And I'm thinking, I took a bite of that turkey and I was like, well, Okay, yeah, that's gonna. Oh man, that's not gonna be good. That, that might might I be just, a mark. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sitting there and I'm, uh, you know, and I'm now I'm trying to, uh, you know, think, man, I'm gonna have to cool this down a little bit, or I'm gonna be in a lot of trouble today with turkey because we were in a situation where turkey was actually kind of part of the, the grand champion. And I was thinking, man, I may have uh, really screwed up here. So I took my sweet, sweet, sweet pork sauce and I dip them in pork sauce because I kind of cut them mm-hmm. like money muscles, uh, the breast, yeah. and I had the skin on them, and they just, they're really good. And uh, so I was sitting there, and one of my other buddies, after I turned in everything, he come in, and he tried it, and I said, okay. And I said, now this, he said, well, that's good. He says, my last bite. I said, oh, give it a few minutes. I said, it'll come. And he said there for about 45 seconds, he's like, oh, my Lord. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I said, the sweetness kind of toned it down a little bit for just a little bit. I said, the great thing about IBCA that people don't know is they eat it with a fork and a knife. And so they open up a box, they cut a piece, and then they pass the box. I said, so, I said, all the guys that are behind me on this little deal, I said, they're probably screwed because that box is already going to be passed before they get it. It's going to be front heat to the next guy. And they're yep. going to think, oh, my God, look how spicy that is. <laughs> yep. And it did. It, it hit 10th place uh, doing that. It it walked yesterday in that group of people. And so, um, you know, but I was. I was looking for something that, you know, just wasn't as traditional. I wanted to step out of the box a little bit. I just did not realize that I was going to have a bunch of old people judging. And so I was sitting there yeah. like, man, you know. But, yeah, that, uh, but, that you know, Jamaican, that's another one. The Jamaican it's a great jerk, it's, it, it's great, but it's only a touch cooler than our death dust is. So it, it has some serious heat to it if, uh, if you use it, you know, pretty heavily for sure. Yes. You know, and like I said, I mean, so, you know, there, there are some, you know, things that you can do un- untraditional with some of these seasonings and stuff and things that people don't, don't think about. And sometimes that's yeah. what – that's what I think about your rubs on that other end of it too, you know, because everybody, you know, and I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody out there, but I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of name brand rubs out there that everybody runs week in, week out. 
And yeah. we had this conversation this weekend. This, you know, they say, you know, well, why does this happen? And, you know, my product's been hitting. It was doing great. And then I hadn't changed anything. And all of a sudden, it quits hitting. And yeah. I have a theory in my own mind about how this goes is, is that, you know, it's just like around our camp stuff like that. Everybody's trying each other's food. So they start, they start tasting different profiles. And so then they see you walk, and they think, man, I need to figure out that profile. That's, that's what's hitting. And so everybody kind of goes back into their own little kitchens and stuff like that, and they develop, and they get to where their product is close to what you have. Then the next thing you know, you get to a cook-off, and you got 15 guys that have essentially the same taste, and them judges are having to try to figure that out, and so it kind of becomes a crapshoot at that point. So then, you know, here comes the guys like, man, you know, I'm tired of being in the mix of this. I'm going to try something a little different. I'm going to twist a little bit. They step outside the box a little bit. They don't go too far with it. Then they start hitting. And I think that that's the evolution of competition barbecue in with this. But, you know, with so many with so many rubs and, and, and seasonings and stuff available out there nowadays, they just um, there's very few – there's still a limited number of the major players. I mean, there's people like Oak Ridge, there's Cosmos, there's Butchers. I mean, um, those those are, you know, the the big ones out there. And so everybody's buying those and using them, and, and eventually you end up kind of running the same profile. Well, it does. I mean, think about all the times, uh, how many times Blue's Hog has been used um, in, in all of the, the, the years since the Bill made that sauce. So, um you know it's i don't know one thing to think about is that whenever you've got companies that uh are co-packed at the same place as the other companies their their garlic's the same as the other guy's garlic the same as the other guy's garlic the same there's everything's the same it's just a slight reformulation of the same ingredients um because they're all co-packed in the same place and i could tell you where just about everybody's co-packed. I'm not going to, but um, there's a company close by that does probably 75% of the overall market in barbecue rubs. And everybody that's made there is going to have a similar flavor because there's all the same ingredients. So if, if teams want to kind of break out of that mold, they have to think about stuff like that and figure out how to use other rubs that use different ingredients. Not everybody's made in the same co-packing place. A lot of the Oklahoma guys, a lot of Texas guys are made in different places. Um, but there's a lot of rubs around here that are all made in the same place. Um, so you just got to think about that um, because it does make a difference. And there's also a good amount of layering that needs to take place. So, you know, you mentioned the Dominator rub. Well, one of the one of the ways you can you can really change it uh, in a good way. You wouldn't. I don't know if you guys have ever tried this, but that's with a very light application of death dust right on top of it. Um, it really it really adds some depth and some heat back heat to a little bit more so than what it already has to the Dominator while still maintaining the same uh, you know flavor profile. Um, that really does um, does pair well together. So you've got basically two ends of the spectrum. You've got the sweet heat and you've got the heat heat um, together. You know, you have to be really judicious about how you do the death dust, but 
um, it does, they do pair well. A lot of our rubs really pair very well together. Uh, Secret Weapon and Dominator is another great pairing. Um, a lot of guys are using the, the um, oh, and the, and the SCA stuff. I mean, our, our Spagos is starting to really uh, claim some first places. I've already got a couple guys that are going to Fort Worth because of the Spagos. Um, and they're, they, you know, they may or may not be layering it with other things. I won't say <laughs> for their behalf. I'll tell you, um, I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the uh, bandwagon. I mean, I've been running it. I like it. Um, it is a great, um, especially it's, it's a great base rub, um, especially on beef. I'll tell you that right now. It also works very well on pork, though, also. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I've used it on salmon, and it's one of my favorites on salmon. It, it just, it really, oh, and, and even like grilled vegetables. It it does it does unique things depending upon what protein or starch it's being put on. It's almost like a chameleon of sorts. It's pretty pretty neat stuff, um, and uh, it, it doesn't taste the same. You can cook it on pork, cook it on a brisket, taste the two right next to one another. You'd swear to God those are different rubs. You just you can even cook them in the same cooker with the same smoke and everything, and you won't you won't be able to tell that, that they're the same. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. I mean, you know, it's crazy about some of that stuff how you use it in different applications, and it changes the whole the the, the whole thing. I mean, and uh, mm-hmm. brings out different brings out different. You know, flavors stuff like that. It's like you're talking about that scorpion chili earlier, and talking about plum flavors and things like that. And I love hot chili and stuff like that, but I've never, I guess, sit there and uh, develop my palate to that nature to be able to, uh, to uh, really get, you know, get all that out of it. And uh, you know, um, I have a, I'll tell you this, and he's not a sponsored team, but you know, we were in Turkey, Texas this weekend, and another good Texas team in the Panhandle over here, he runs your uh, Olivero Death Dust. Uh, on uh on the backside of ribs every week, mm-hmm. and, uh, yep, you know and <laughs> and uh, you know and I just I found it kind of interesting because you know he's kind of out of the you know out of the main line. Him and I've been friends for for many years, and you know we were sitting there talking talking about this stuff. I guess it was Friday night, and uh, he said, "Yeah," he said, "Man," he said, "He said I love death dust," and I was like, "Yeah," I said, "Uh, you know I love it too." I said, "I single-handedly killed a chili cook-off." In Level Land, Texas, with death dust, cook off since I did it to them. Um, apparently, I sent pretty, pretty much in the firehouse. I about killed them all one day. And, uh, you know, it was one of those deals. They didn't have enough chili cooks to come out and ask me if I could uh, cook chili. They'd give me the stuff to do it. And I didn't have things really to make chili that day. And I just happened to have a bag of death dust. And I'd been, you know, wanting to play with it. And I thought, well, you know, I got at least seven or eight guinea pigs today, so what the heck? We're going to have some fun. And uh, <laughs> they told me that the first guy got up, drank about three gallons of water. The next guy drank like three beers right afterwards. Someone had an allergic reaction to it and, and uh, you know, so <laughs> on and so forth. So, <laughs> so notice to say they have not had a chili cook there since. And uh, I made a funny comment while walking in. I said, y'all may want to get an ice cream truck over here on this deal. And the funniest thing, one of my buddies heard me say this, and about 30 minutes later, we're in a park, and uh, it was that time of the year. About 30 minutes later, an ice cream truck come pulling through there with the old music going and everything, and my buddy yelled at me and said, hey, the ice cream truck's here already. 
And I just, I, you know, I kind of blew it off. I just kind of laughed about it. And I thought, well, that's kind of funny. And then I went to turn in my brisket and the head judge uh, made that comment to me. She's like, what did you do to my head, to my cook, to my judges today? And I said, what are you talking about? I said, how do you know it's me? She said, well, there's a rumor flying around this whole area about you and your chili today. And he and she said, you killed a bunch of my chili, my, uh, my judges. And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> good times. <laughs> you know, kind of felt like that Jamie Gear deal that time they had it out there at Johnny Trick's house where he's like, okay, you don't like my stuff now. Wait, see how you like this cayenne all over everything. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. You know, yep, it's yeah, fun you every can, now and then to have a little fun. Fairly. You can go sparingly with the death dust, and it's all right. You go heavy-handed with it. It'll get your attention quick. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, I lit them up. <laughs> That's funny. So, yes. I mean, you know, and once once again, there. I mean, different profiles, just like we were talking about. You know, you can add just a little bit of it and get one one thing happening. You can go heavy with it, and a whole other world happens. And, uh, yeah. You know, um yeah, you know, so it's all fun. It's always fun. Um, I have a little bit of fun with stuff. You know, you don't want to hurt anybody. But, you know, at the same time, you know, they're guinea pigs as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, I kind of like it every now and then. You know, after I've been a, I've been the victim of a bad judging, you know, to, uh, to pay one back to a few judges. So... Give it back to them a little bit. Say, hey, okay. I hear you. Take that yeah, that, that that's a whole that's a whole other topic. That whole bad judging. We could spend oh, we could spend oh, months talking about that. So. And then you know you were talking too. So you know kind of a situation this year with us and the team of the years and stuff like that. And for um, what a lot of people don't know is we actually have a um, you run a team of the year contest. Um, it's which runs off these spreadsheets that we do. And, uh, you know, you said this year was the first time, um, cause you've only, what, two years now has it been international teams involved or three, uh, three, three years, three. Okay. So uh, he's actually sponsoring international teams all over the world now. I mean, I'm not even sure how many you have, um, probably 20 or so international teams. Is that right? Well, I don't know. Let me look here. Uh, let's see. I have uh, 21 teams in Europe. I have nine teams in Australia and one in, well, okay, eight in Australia, one in New Zealand, and one in Puerto Rico, and one in Canada. Maybe two Canada. So okay, um, close to thirty. So yeah, I mean maybe a little over thirty. And, and yeah, I mean it ended up being we're this year um, we're almost fifty fifty, uh, maybe it's like sixty forty, um, uh, domestic versus international teams, and and that okay. and that's a that's that that's a a testament to the growth of just the the whole idea of barbecue competition barbecue and all of that in general i mean there are places yes. all around the globe that are really starting to um love uh the idea of american barbecue and really embracing it now a lot of the places um will definitely self-identify and have their own um 
regional spin on it and and whereas american barbecue is is certainly part of it but they have taken it in a totally new direction on top of that and th- and that's just right. fantastic too i i i certainly wouldn't want them to just try to mimic american barbecue i think it's it's totally cool and appropriate that they uh spin it in in whatever way fits their own culture too um but just the overall acceptance of um, barbecue and Amer- and the popularity of American barbecue worldwide has has certainly started to grow. You know, Europe, uh, uh, Italy is is really really a, a hot spot right now, um, and uh, as well as as parts of of Central Europe and uh, and even um, you know the UK and whatnot for sure there too. And Australia, I mean, it's been a it's been a really growing fast in Australia as. As you've noticed, uh, you know, a half dozen or more of our pit masters have been flying over there just about every other weekend. So um, it's well, certainly uh, growing. It really is growing, and, and that is. I mean, you know, I've had a lot of friend requests and stuff on that end of it. But, you know, the, like this year, I mean, an international team actually beat me out of the team of the year this year, which was great, you know. And uh-huh. so they're, they're, yep. they're doing enough cooking now also that they can rack up points as well as we can here in the United States and, you know, around. I mean, so that, I mean, that is, I mean, it is a testament to things are going on. And I'll tell you this too. And I, and I, you know, this is something else that Matt and I hadn't really even talked about, but, you know, just that influence, what you were saying there. So with all the Australian teams and New Zealand teams and things like that going on, our podcast, uh, we have quite a few coming out of Australia and New Zealand uh, we've got several of them. We've, uh, I think our podcast right now is running in, I think 20, 24 different countries. Wow. Um, quite a bit, quite a bit in Europe and stuff like that. And so, you know, I don't know how much of these factors play into that and stuff like that, but you know, it is, it is kind of, you know, uh, funny when you say that about Australia and New Zealand, because we've picked up all of that this last year. Um, and so, you know, some of that may be directly related to, us being involved um, in Oak Ridge and things like that too, and uh, you know it is. I mean, it is growing. It's uh, yeah, uh, all the new yeah, stuff. and it's it's, it's like you said, it's right, and it's still an emerging, really an emerging market in those areas. So that you know remains to be seen on on uh, how far it goes. Um, it's pretty interesting. Yes, I mean. Um, yeah, I don't think you know, and it's kind of always been the you know the deal. You know, will barbecue just be a trend, or you know, it, it really has become a lifestyle for a lot of people now. And I think that you know we're getting past the trend thing now. I think that it's starting to, because I mean you're seeing it. Everywhere. I mean you're seeing it on TV. You're seeing it. I mean it's just it, it it's everywhere. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I think that that that's gaining and. Uh, that whole part's changing, and uh, you know, I think it's great. It's great for guys like you. It's great for guys like us, and it's great for the sport. And uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just pretty cool. And uh, you know, like I said it's guys like you guys that you know come out and and sponsor you know teams like me, and, and uh, you know, uh, help us out on that end of it. And running here and there, you know, it adds up pretty quick. You know, oh sure. And, uh, I wish we could do more. Yeah. I really do, but it, there's only so much a little tiny company you, can do. But we certainly do everything we can. 
Oh, absolutely. And like I said, I mean, and that's the deal. I mean, and, and it's appreciated. I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, um, every little bit helps, you know, and because uh, it does. I mean, you know, it's like old Matt says most of the time. He said, you know, it's out of order for me to roll out of the driveway. And, you know, that's coming true and true. I mean, like you said, I mean, um, whether it's seasoning and, and, you know, meat, you know, meat's gone just, you know, the whole meat game is, you know, unreal. And, uh, yeah. You know, I'm not sure how any of the barbecue restaurants are even making any money right now, honestly, as as expensive as meat is, but somehow they manage. Yeah. It's tough some days, I can tell you. I mean, you know, I run a food truck too, and I mean, you know, I sit there and look at my costs, you know, week in, week out, and go, good God almighty. And then you got some beaver yeah. over here selling a two meat plate for $8, dollars you're thinking, yeah, you won't be around long. So, let's make you feel in spam. Um, but no, I mean it is. I mean, and like I said, you guys have done it. Uh, just a, an awesome job, of, um, helping out, and you know, uh, like I said, you've got so much of uh, a wealth of information and knowledge in the spices and stuff like that. And uh, you know, um, you know, this is Oprah. We have our own, you know, Facebook page where you know the shop is, and you know other stuff and you know that makes it kind of nice to to share things and stuff like that and uh you know i have a yep. sponsor yeah, we, that we do some things like that too and it helps it does i i miss yeah. the old days whenever we used to have the old conference calls but that's back whenever we only yes. had like 10 or 15 teams <laughs> <laughs> yeah it might be a little tougher nowadays yeah, everybody, you know, uh, flung from one side of one side of the world to the other. I don't know how we'd be able to get everybody together. I'd like to be able to do it again, but the logistics of it have always scared me. That's that's one of the main reasons why I opened up the Top Secret Team Only Facebook page. So then at least there's a place that, you know, you guys can get together and talk shop and figure out how people are, you know, how how they're using different products and and you know using it successfully and. And I, and I know you. I don't expect anybody to tell all their secrets. And I know, and not you know, that there are secrets that nobody's telling. But at least there is there is a good amount of sharing that does go on there. And uh, and especially for the new teams that are you know new to our sponsorship team, um, they uh, they it really helps them out. Uh, whenever you guys, the old timers, if you will, uh, especially you guys like you know like you Lance have had so much success. Um, with our products, you know, talk about how you use it and things like that. Th- those types of conversations are always uh, uh, ones that I really enjoy seeing on that Facebook page. So it's neat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, um, you know, it's like, you know, nowadays too, you know, we got so many new cooks and stuff like that. And that's something that, you know, Matt and uh, I do a lot is that, you know, we have a, you know, an open open trailer policy. I mean, you know, some of these guys are pretty secretive and things like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know that I'll tell you 100% everything, but I'll tell you probably 90, 98% of what I do. And uh, especially new cooks and stuff like that, trying to get into this, trying to figure it out. You know, we'll go the extra mile to, uh, you know, kind of put them on the right path and, and uh, you know, um teach them from that end of it and you know it's like you know um you're helping helping us out with a uh, backyard cooking class that we're doing here 
um, in Plainview in a couple of weeks. And, you yeah. know, we're just, you know, do- donating our time to do that. And just like you, I mean, um, I talked to you and you're donating some rubs and stuff for them guys to, to get them out there, get them, to get them in this and to, um, get them hooked. I mean, um, they don't know what they're getting themselves into, but I mean, that's, that's what we want to do. I mean, you know, we want, we want them to be excited. We want to see them grow. We want to see them, you know, we want to see them be successful. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, if we can do a little bit of that kind of stuff and, uh, it helps them be successful and, you know, and you kind of see them, I mean, you know, then they start walking a little bit, Bill, and, you know, um, you know, it's, it's kind of cool to see that happen. And, uh, you know, so I, you know, I have lots of people come up to me at cook-off, Matt does too, and, and, uh, you know, we talk about things. I mean, that's why we started doing the radio show again. You know, I quit it for about a year and, you know, Matt brought it up to me and said, man, you know, wish we were doing this still. And I was like, you know, we need to be doing it. I mean, that's part of it. I mean, we put this stuff out there. Sometimes we get into politics, and sometimes there's BS to deal with, and you know all the fun stuff in in life, and and uh, you know that's the other part about you know a lot of the new cooks too, not knowing you know the history about some things, and you get into that part of it too. But um, it was done in a way to to help um, um, promote barbecue, to promote uh, cook-offs, to promote um, you guys, I mean, that's another part of our deal is, you know, we're, we're part of, you know, it's the same kind of deal for us. I mean, you know, with you guys sponsoring us, our job is to, to put that out there and to let people know that and to, uh, help build that too. And so, you know, Facebook and stuff like that, there's only so much you can get out there, but I think things like this too, it, it allows, to bring you guys on, let y'all talk about it, let people hear stuff that they probably would never hear. And, uh, you know, I think that that's a, that's a great thing too. We, we all take for granted the knowledge that we have. Uh, whenever you're just coming into it, I mean, whenever a, a, a jar of Lowry seasoning is, is the, the extent of your uh, experience into the <laughs> flavor profiles and what's out there, I mean, there is a whole entire world, not just Oakers Barbecue. I mean, I mean, just the entire, uh, you know, there, there is an entire world of flavor out there uh, that to explore, and we're happy to, to kind of tag along and, and at least give them a glimpse as far as what, what's out there and uh, and hopefully uh, get them hooked. So, you bet. Absolutely. You know, all right. All right. I've, been quiet, I've been quiet long enough. So... Uh, <laughs> Trying to be hey, nice I was going to say, I thought maybe you were eating tri-tip or something. I thought maybe yeah, you were yeah, drinking, beer, you drinking beer and eating tri-tip. That's what you were doing. It, I know. It, it's <laughs> sitting on the side. I didn't even cut it yet. So, uh, it, it's done. It's just resting. But, so, uh, we're coming to the end here. We only got four or five minutes left. But, how does one go about, number one, buying your products? And number two, how does a team go about uh, getting in contact with you about sponsorship? I know this year is kind of late, but next year. And then number three, what what does a wholesaler, what do you offer in wholesale options to barbecue stores? And uh, You bet. Um, so uh, 
Let's see. Now I'm trying to remember all the questions. So they'll do a reverse order. Wholesale well, number, number one, um, how, how do we how do we find you? How do we find you if we want to buy your stuff? My, oh well, Oak Ridge Barbecue, Oak Ridge, you bet. OakRidgeBBQ.com, www.oakridgebbq.com, um, and uh, we've got a pretty new uh, inf- information dense website. All kinds of recipes and all sorts of fun information on our website. Lots of things to click on and see and do. We have a dealer locator that locates all of our dealers all over the globe. Um, and you can purchase directly from our website. Um, since we are the manufacturer, we only ship our retail business off that website once a week on Mondays. So if you need it sooner than that, we have dealers, authorized dealers on Amazon. We have authorized dealers um, that have many other, there's several other major uh, barbecue websites um, that uh, that do a great deal of business on the internet um, that have our products. Um, so we're we're pretty easy to get a hold of that way. Um, all right, question two. Uh, what was that one? Question two was what was how what does a team have to do to approach? Oh you yeah, yeah. If they if they like your product, if they use it. If they if they want to get involved in this special Facebook page that I'm locked out of and. You know, uh-huh. all this kind of uh-huh. fancy, fancy stuff. How, how, how do we get involved in that? The the traditional way is to wait until January. Every January we have uh, open auditions where we'll set out a, a special website on our, our web page on our website where you can uh, click a link and fill out a application form. And then those all go directly to me. I review every single one of them um, and then select uh, the few teams that we will put on we we try not to grow the team uh too much every year so we're not you know uh, we have some always typically have some turnover uh teams either retiring or going on to do different things whatnot natural attrition uh we'll have some teams there unfortunately there's always a couple teams that don't follow the rules and they're let go um and i wish it wasn't the case but you know we we do hold them to our sponsorship guidelines so on and so forth we had a couple teams we've had to let go because of that not uh not following the rules um, and then, so whatever space is left over on top of maybe if I do want to grow a, a few extra teams a year, that we'll have a sort of a number that we'll be looking for, you know, maybe it's five teams, maybe it's 10 new teams, whatever. And we'll go through all of the applications that we receive and that's internationally. So we're receiving applications from all over the world during that time in January, early February. Um, and we'll go through those applications and then select the teams offer them a position we have two tiers uh we have a tier one which is for our um more seasoned teams teams that do a lot of competing um and uh and and you know are out there on the trail an awful lot we have a tier two which is for more of the occasional competitors uh things like that Um, maybe they're not quite as seasoned i don't have quite the experience but we do feel like they'd be a good fit and they'd be able to grow into a tier one uh in time things like that so that's all in late January, early February. And then for a wholesale, uh, we, we will gladly wholesale our product to any small business, uh, brick and mortar that specializes in hearth and patio, barbecue, uh, things like that. Um, I am not allowing any new Amazon dealers. We have not allowed a new Amazon dealer in the last five or six years because we already have like five and I don't need 25. Um, we're selling really nicely on Amazon. And so we get like Amazon ambulance chasers all the time. I have to shoo away. Um, so we don't, we're not looking for any new Amazon dealers, uh, but we certainly welcome any new brick and mortar or um, 
If you're an internet, uh, if you have an internet website, you'd like to sell Oak Ridge Barbecue, but you're not going to sell it on Amazon, we'd be happy to talk to you too. Uh, and there's a link under the dealers tab on our website for wholesale application for that. And you just submit an application and we'll send you some paperwork and then um, you fill that out, send it back, and then we set you up with a wholesale account. Well, that, that's that's awesome. awesome, Mike. And then, uh, so so to close it out, or for uh, Lance might have more to close it out. All I'm going to say is, uh, <laughs> I, I was never real familiar with your product. Lance has ran it for several years. Uh, uh, ne- just it was one of those products that never crossed my radar. I don't know why. I, I you know, I, I think I'm pretty in tune with the barbecue world. It never crossed my radar until Lance really started pushing me on it this year. And uh, I, I really like what you got going on. I like your flavor profiles. And uh, we're, we, you know, we're, we'll, we'll see how it goes from there. But, uh, I, I, man, I, I like what you do, and, and I appreciate you coming on. I just want to say thanks. And, uh, you know, it's it's great. Well, it's great the way you go about it. You, you're a true small business, and you take it to heart. And I really appreciate that. So just thanks. Well, you bet. I, thank you. I appreciate that. No, I, I can I can honestly testify to that. You are a small business. You do it all by hand. I mean, um, we've had conversations over the years, and, I mean, a lot of people don't know, but your facility is within, if I'm still correct, it's, it's you built a new house here a couple of years ago and built the facility into that to handle it. Of course, you're already outgrowing it, it sounds like. Yeah. And so... <laughs> So you're gonna have to build a bigger house, probably, and and uh, but no, I no, mean that, that's no, the deal. I mean, yep, <laughs> we're gonna look for some commercial you space. That I'm done doing it here. I, the government's done with me doing it here too. They don't like it. I'm tired of getting audited. <laughs> uh, well, I understand that. You know, and that's the deal. I mean, you do. I mean, you do an awesome job on it. And like I said, I mean, oh, as many of the rubs and stuff I use and, and have used in bags over over all these years and stuff, it's a consistent product, you know. I can't say that I've opened up one bag and said, man, Mike missed that one. I don't know what happened here because it's just not. It's just, you know, it's it's on the level every time, and, and, I, and I enjoy that. And I mean, it's been great. And, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm you know, you're still one of them guys too. I mean, I called you here um, a couple weeks ago. And you didn't answer, and I thought, well, I'll just send you an email, and I wasn't even going to bother you. And then, like an hour later, I get a phone call from you, and I was like, no, oh, well, it's not email you, but okay. And uh, so you still take time out to to talk to guys like us, and and uh, say, okay, you know, what do you need, and and uh, how can I help, and and uh, you know, you take care of us, and uh, I appreciate that, and uh, you know, I hope that we're doing enough on our end to to keep up our side of it. So, um, Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. You know, this is, this is what I do now. I don't have, uh, for since 2014, I haven't had another job. This is it. This is what supports my family a hundred percent. And so I'm, I am a hundred percent in it. And, uh, um, and I, and I love talking with, with customers. I, I talk with, uh, all kinds of backyarders and even, uh, you know, new, new contest cooks, old contest cooks almost every day. I'll take two or three different phone calls and, and I really enjoy doing that. It's it's a good break in the day uh, from making barbecue rub, and I love talking shop and 
and giving folks ideas on how to use our products uh, better and differently than they have in the past. And uh, uh, it's I just love interacting with people and, and really like, I mean, you know, they, they say if you do if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I really do love this. So I uh, really enjoy what we're doing here. So you bet. Absolutely. Well, I said I appreciate awesome. you taking us well, time on. Thanks for. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on, Mike. Go I, ahead, I man. I really appreciate it. That's uh, <laughs> uh, uh shit. We're, we always talk over each other, Lance. Just be used to that by now. Uh. <laughs> anyways, thanks for coming on, Mike. I appreciate it. Uh, I got a tri tip waiting on me, so I got to get off of here. But uh, uh, appreciate everybody. Appreciate the guys that sponsor us. We uh. We don't really have many. We got Outdoor Chef and uh, Meat Church. That's our two go-to sponsors, and we appreciate what they do for us. But uh, other than that, man, we want to say thanks again for coming on, Mike, and thanks to Lance for hosting us, and uh, appreciate everything in the barbecue world and all the barbecue people. And uh, if you got any problems, defer them to Lance because – I'm not dealing with it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how did that happen? Uh, I'm sort of holding out of it already. But uh, uh, anyways, well that was good. Thanks, Matt. We appreciate that. Minute. Well, I said I appreciate oh, you guys. I appreciate everybody coming. Um, I appreciate everybody coming on. And like I said, I appreciate everybody taking you know the time to to support us and. And like I said, it's all things like this. I mean, it means a lot. And, and uh, you know, we're all out here to try to help each other. And even try to get along sometimes, even though sometimes it seems like it's impossible. But, um, uh, you know, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. You bet. Yeah, Mike. Thanks for having me look on, Look for guys. a dealer application. Look for a dealer application coming in. We own a small, you know, boutique-style uh barbecue place so look for a dealer application coming in from kiss my rack we'll okay we'll send you a dealer application see if we can't get in there and see if we can uh you know get your stuff out and promote it a little more in this uh new mexico area of the woods i was gonna say he's probably one of the few if not only new mexico um barbecue um type stores you know and um they do a phenomenal job of it so yeah i mean uh, that'd be great, you know. And uh, that way, when I place these orders, because I forget and I give Mike like three days' notice, you know, I need rub and stuff. You know, I can just say, "Hey, Matt, bring me some rub." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it could so, be as hard to get as that damn Lance Moore rub. You know, yeah, you know, I don't think I don't, think I, I, I don't want to go yeah. there, but you know, talk about yeah, hand but, batch special rub. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but uh, so, all right, guys, well, I'll let everybody out. Y'all have a good yeah, night. Appreciate everybody. All right, you man. bet. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Mike, and and uh, good night. For something else you need, bud, just holler. All right, y'all have a good night. We'll do. All right, so all right, thank guys. You. Thanks for thank you. Thanks for listening to the West Texas Pitmasters Barbecue Show on the Barbecue Vandals Radio Network. And uh, everybody have a great week. Um. We'll be back next Sunday night. We'll be doing some demos this coming weekend in Brownwood, Texas. Um, so, um, until then, good night, everyone.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.